Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to Living Color Abroad. I'm your host, Andrew Rodriguez. On this episode, you'll be hearing from Marilyn Akinrin Lola, who is an educator living out of Boston, Massachusetts. She will be discussing female soul traveling. Uh, she's an extensive soul traveler. And she's going to give tips on how to have a successful female solo trip. Uh, she also discusses the misconceptions that men have on female solo travel. And also she discusses living abroad. <laughs> she's lived abroad in South Korea and in Spain. So she's going to give us some insight on that. And also what it's like to be a woman of color abroad. Hope you enjoy. This is In Living Color Abroad. Welcome to In Living Color Abroad. Hey, Angel. Thank you so much for ha- having me. I'm super excited for this conversation. No worries. No worries. Um, and for my listeners out there, so I got in contact with Marilyn through my second cousin in episode number 10, who's living out of a van. Mind you, I did not know the existence of my second cousin before that week where my first cousin contacted me. And it so happens to be that my second cousin told me, oh, contact this woman, Marilyn. And Marilyn knows or knows my former co-worker back in New York because they went, uh, you did undergrad together, correct? Yes, yeah. yeah. And Teach for America. And Teach for America. So just a small world. <laughs> like, what it's are the so odds? Small. <laughs> and it, gets, it keeps getting smaller. It Listen. keeps getting, so sh- shout out to Caitlin Donahue, by the way, Caitlin. Hope you're doing all right. <laughs> Oh, Caitlin, girl, I miss you. We gotta, we gotta link up. I'll be in New York literally in like a few weeks, so I gotta link up with her. So let's start it off with Marilyn with telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. So I am 27, currently living in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm from Providence, Rhode Island, which is a very, very small city and the smallest state in the U.S., um, <laughs> but I feel like I have such a big personality and I'm one of the very few Um black people in Rhode Island who like travels as much as I do and it's kind of funny whenever I go like whenever I travel the world people are like wow you're the first person I've met from Rhode Island um which is like it's funny but also sad in a, in a sense um I teach right now I've been teaching for four years this is my fourth year of teaching I teach at a charter school I work with middle school students um who live in like low-income areas like high-risk, high-needs areas um, in the inner city. And that's my biggest passion, other than, like, traveling the world. Um, yeah, and that's, like, that's like me in a nutshell. I'm just, I just love, I don't know, I just love experiencing life and just learning new things and growing and expanding, like, my knowledge base. Um, and, yeah, meeting new people. So it's great to meet you on the phone, Angel. <laughs> it is, it is. These conversations are always a pleasure for me. And I said, meeting new people. And so let's talk about that. You're from Rhode Island, a very small state. I've never been to Rhode Island. and know nothing about Rhode Island, so you gave me some insight there. So how did you even think of, of uh, traveling? Where did that inspiration come from? It literally never occurred to me that I could travel because I, I grew up... Um, rather poor, really low income. In fact, I still don't consider myself really middle class because I don't have generational wealth and I'm still like, you know, kind of helping to support family members. So it's just like, I feel like I haven't broken out of like poverty, but going to college really opened up traveling to me. Um, although I'd never studied abroad again, I didn't have the resources to do so or the, or the time I did this like one week mission trip like with my school and it was like the education department which is funny because at the time I was like a microbiology major I wasn't even part of the education department but I saw this trip to like Belize and I was like I want to go to Belize for spring break (laughs) you're right who doesn't want to go to Belize for spring break exactly so (laughs) I like concocted this like idea of like how to get there for free um because I didn't have the money for it so I went into like the alumni association and I was like hey can I write a grant and like get funded for this trip? <laughs> what do you know? If you do that, you can a lot of the times get a yes and they'll totally like accept your grant proposal. Like it's real, it's a real easy process, clean cut. Um, and so I like literally did it really quickly. Um, and within like a few weeks I got a response back. And so my passport was paid for my room and board was paid for like, wow. 
everything was completely paid for. So my whole entire week in Belize was free. Um, and that gave me a taste of travel. And although it's like, you know, it's a Central American um, country, it's not super far from, from the States, it was great for me to just get out of the country and like see a whole different culture and way of life than what I'm used to. And it really opened my eyes and I got the travel. I know it's mad cliche, but the, at that point, the travel bug definitely bit me. Um, <laughs> It bit me hard because I was like, I, I, you know, like as a black person, I don't really care for America a lot of the times. Mm. And so being able to travel gave me that, just that access to a whole different world where I didn't have to be like the, you know, the poor, sad black girl from America, you know, the United States of America. Yeah. Um, so I that, just, was the, that was the first time. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and what were your thoughts on Belize? Oh, my God. Amazing. I mean, you, you how are you not gonna like a country if you're like eating for free, you know? <laughs> all, all my meals were paid for. Uh, it was great. It was like beautiful, hot, um, super tropical. I didn't realize at the time that it's so close, it's super close to the equator. So I, I, you know, I usually don't wear sunblock. And that, that one time I was like snorkeling, like in the middle of the ocean with everyone. And went back home and I felt like my skin peeling on my back. So mm. I think I finally got my first sunburn, but Belize was just great. I loved working with the kids at the school. Um, it was also just very interesting. Like the fact that they, you know, accepted a uh, U.S. currency and um, just like the blend of cultures that make Belizeans. I don't know if it's Belizeans, but the people of Belize are so like they're like literally a melting pot. They're mixed with like Chinese and like this West African culture and like um, I think it's like Aztec and Mayan culture. It's just mm-hmm. such a blend that makes them who they are. And I didn't. I've never even to this day have experienced a culture like that so rich and diverse. So just to be uh, completely transparent with, with my listeners, uh, Marilyn has lived in South Korea. So she has lived abroad. So this is not like a non-living abroad episode. But <laughs> she's also solo traveled extensively abroad as well. And that's something that is like near and dear to my heart because I have also solo travel as well. And many times I give uh, advice to women on solo traveling. But I know that I come across as very ignorant because I don't have to worry about the things women have to worry about. So what experiences have you had, if any, of when you tell men that you're solo traveling, especially because you're a woman and a woman of color. Yeah, that's funny you say that. Yeah, I feel like if if I were asking a guy as well, like, give him the side eye because it's like, of course it's easy to, for you to say, like, you're a guy. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, you know, it's not the right perspective to, like, tell me, you know, it's okay to travel alone. So usually I honestly I never went to men um, to give me advice. I usually went online before I went on my first solo trip. I went online um, and did some searches on, like, solo travel for female. And there's a lot of um, great resources out there. But that's where I literally um, got the, I guess, the, the my bravery in, like, traveling solo but once I did it I realized I didn't need the bravery like it's it's not as scary as women um perceive it to be it's I think it's because it's the unknown and that's how we are we fear the unknown and if we haven't done it and we don't know anyone personally to have done it we don't think we ourselves can do it so mm-hmm. for me I hadn't I didn't know a lot of people that solo traveled, um, so I looked to her online resources. Um, but then I did know one woman who went to college with me, and I saw her doing it all the time. And I'm like, she hasn't died yet. Like she's totally, she's totally fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be alright. I'm straight. You the know, odds are fine. good. Like, <laughs> the odds are good. You know, and another thing I always ask people like who are afraid of solo traveling is like, how many people do you personally know who have been murdered or harmed solo traveling mm-hmm. and they, they can't name anyone because they personally don't know so i'm like so statistically speaking if you don't know someone the chances of you getting injured are pretty low you yeah. know because you hear it in the news and that's like the the cases where it's like super sensationalized mm-hmm. but yeah i don't really i don't think i've ever known anyone who has been harmed solo traveling at all um so that gave me the bravery to do it but i would say like for me I don't know. I just don't. I I'm very like wise when I travel. Um, I know how to carry myself. Like when I'm on, like when I'm in the streets or walking in a given country, given city, I walk with confidence. Like you know, I know where I'm going. I walk quickly. I don't. Um, I don't ever like 
appear to be lost mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. to the point where like i remember this year in italy when i went to italy for the first time i had italian speaking to me in, in italian asking me like is this the right train and i'm like y'all should be telling me if this is the right train i'm not from <laughs> italy like it, it was so funny and, it, and i was able to help people like use i think it's like the ticket in the, the ticket slot like she didn't know how to put it in there correctly and i was like here let me take it and i put it in there for her she was also speaking to me in italian and i'm like y'all you're not helping me right now yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> how am i like a u.s citizen helping like these italian folk you know take the train and i think they weren't from venice they might have been from like rome you know italy is like a big country yeah. like they might have been from rome coming to venice but they like saw me as this confident woman who mm-hmm, could mm-hmm. who could help them you know yeah. um and i think it's, it's just the way you carry yourself um and people like people feel that energy and I just carry myself like I know what I'm doing, I know where I'm going, and I don't have any time to waste. So that's been really helpful when I travel solo. And which has been um, your first trip again? Solo? My first trip was Costa Rica. So before uh, before you even went to Costa Rica, let, let's say this. When you had the thought of, okay, I'm doing this, because I know what that feeling went through for me, because I went to Montreal for my first uh ever solo trip. And I went for New Year's. And I was scared shitless because I bought those tickets like three days before I left. And I was like twenty three 24 years old um so when you went to costa rica how old were you what were your thoughts tell me all that give me that spell <laughs> so when i went to costa rica it was funny that you asked me this because my costa rica trip is probably like uh, like like no other but i was 26 when i went to costa rica um so you know it's been it's only been a year so i like not a big difference in my development mm-hmm. i feel like i'm still the same person mm-hmm. but um yeah it was my first uh trip and i i in my mind i thought this is, I have to go big or go home. You know, I have to like, if this is my first solo trip, I need to literally dive in to all the crazy things I can get myself into. And, and, I'll, and I'll elaborate. So I booked an Airbnb in a treehouse. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yo, wait, wait, that's wait, going big because I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no one would. I was no one in their right mind would do that. And it's an Airbnb. So like the regulations are who knows what. Like I need to tell you, I wish we could. I could show you a picture of this um this treehouse. It literally was. It wasn't one of the luxury treehouses. It was literally completely open, no walls, nothing. Wow. Um, up is like up these like this like janky ladder. Um, and there were other treehouses like like spread out. You know, like they were not close enough for me to see it at night, but it was like. You know, it was, I wasn't I wasn't the only one there, yeah. but it was very, I got very, like, creepy vibes when I met up <laughs> with my host, and I could not, I couldn't sleep that night. I really couldn't. Oh um, <laughs> it was so wild. Welcome to the tree houses. <laughs> it was so wild. It was in Puerto Viejo, you know, oh, like, okay, down yeah, south. Yeah, yeah, You know, like, that coastal yeah. area. And the Caribbean uh, side. Viejo. The Caribbean side, right? Yeah. It's the Caribbean side, and... The owner was just very strange. Like she was this woman from, I think it was, uh, not from Russia. I mean, it might have been the Ukraine who had like moved to Puerto Viejo to like get that like pura pura vida lifestyle, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, she spoke fluent Spanish. My Spanish is not that great, but um, you know, the, the day I got there, she was literally talking about how like, there'd been a lot of death happening, and I'm like, why are you telling me this? I'm terrified. Like, you see, I'm a solo traveler. You're telling me all these like. <laughs> <laughs> scary things about Puerto Viejo. You're not even introducing me. Like she's not introducing me to like the beauty of it. She's just saying like, oh my god, so and so died last night, and like oh someone my got god. hit by a car, and someone got stabbed. And I'm like, holy crap, the sun is the sun is about to set because this is like this was the winter time. So this was the end of December, early January, and the sun literally, kid you not, you live in Costa Rica. The yeah. sun set literally at 5 p.m. Yeah, it sets pretty early here. <laughs> so early, and I literally was sleeping in a, an open treehouse while it rained. So all of the sounds, I heard howler monkeys, oh, there were spiders. I just, I couldn't sleep. I was literally like in sweats. Wow. Like I was, I was sweating. I was like having like these cold sweats. I couldn't, I like eventually fell asleep after a while. Like a cat came into my treehouse and like slept like by my, the bed, like the foot of my bed. Fuck that. I hate that. cats. That would, be, that would freak me out more than anything else. <laughs> No, no, <laughs> no. That that calmed me down a little bit. Having the cat there was like, oh, she got my back. <laughs> oh God, sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like my first, and, and it's funny because I have um all the footage, so I'm gonna be editing it and putting it on my YouTube channel. But 
yeah, my first time solo traveling, I really put myself in harm's way, or I, I allowed myself to be really vulnerable. Um, it was super dark, super quickly. I didn't know anyone there. Um, the landlady, like the lady who owned the place, was really creepy. She had her, her boyfriend was there as well. Um, everything just was like a setup for I was the only black person. Uh-huh. Um, everything was just a shocking, setup, you know, shocking. like <laughs> you know, like in the movies, the black person always dies yeah. first. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, basically, so basically. <laughs> I just didn't set myself up for success. I just did not. <laughs> um, you know, clearly, I, I've, I'm alive. So I yeah, thankfully, tell, thankfully. Thank goodness. But the next morning, the the and that wasn't the weirdest thing. Like the next morning. I kid you not, we're, we're eating outside. Everything's outside. The bathroom's outside, the toilet, the shower, all of that. We're eating outside at her little, like, dining table. It's, like, all made out of wood. She carved everything herself with her boyfriend. We're sitting there. We're eating. She provides us food. It's me and the other guests. There's, like, uh, five guests from, like, um, was it? It was Paris. Five guests from Paris. And then two were from, like, Sweden. So, yes, all white. And then um, all of a sudden, we hear this, like, crackling like loud pop explosion from a car like from the distance oh my god it's like these massive trees collapsing on themselves yeah destroying her house like they destroyed her what dude i cannot i I cannot make this stuff up like her whole entire and like mind you like her and her boyfriend lived in like the nice luxury tree house it came like i have footage of like after the aftermath not the whole thing but like came collapsing on top oh, of her and her my God. dude moments after we left and like sat and ate breakfast so if they were in there they would have died yeah oh my yo that's fucking nuts they would have died they would have died and she kept saying it and i was like in shock still i was like so in shock like are we all going to die i couldn't i couldn't get past like the feeling of the terror after the trees collapsed because one, it was loud as hell, and two, I kept looking around waiting for other yeah, people yeah, to Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, my. You know? Damn, that is. So I, so I hope that was your last night there. I had a two, I had a three-night stay there. Oh, I was, that was going to be my whole three nights in Puerto Viejo, but, like, that was my last night. I, I literally oh. packed. I ran. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked up, and, like, I left. Um, I met some great girls who are from, the like, from New Jersey. They let me stay with them for the night. They were black females. Um, I stayed with them for the night. And then, like... Wait, how did you meet them? I had a tour planned. It's it's so funny. I had oh. a tour planned out the, that day. The day we ate breakfast, I had someone coming... Because in Costa Rica, like, I don't know what it is, but it's hard to, like, communicate with people. I don't know. It, maybe it was Puerto Viejo, but, like... The street names are not like clear. I don't know what it There's was. There's no street names here. It doesn't exist. It's like it's, it's addresses it don't really exist here, honestly. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. That's why. So I couldn't even like navigate myself to meet the girl who was doing like the person, like the tour guide who was giving me the tour. I couldn't navigate it without her communicating it with the Airbnb host because they knew how Puerto Viejo worked and they knew where to like have me meet her. Um so that was already part of the plan. Like before the treehouse collapsed and the trees fell and like exploded, I already had a plan to like you know go out on the day like during the day to do a tour. Um, and so she was waiting for me, and I had my bag. So I ran in there. I was like, "Hey, um, <laughs> this this just happened." Like they saw me like with mud. They're like, "Where the fuck are you coming from?" Oh my god! I'm like, "Yeah, I slept in the jungle." They're like, "You did what?" <laughs> um, and so it was a van, the host for the um, tour, and then other people, you know, other customers like myself who were going on the tour, and two of them happened to be black women from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And they saw me, and they were like, girl, you've had it. You've had it bad. Let's help you out. Let's <laughs> like, what can we do to help you? Because you look like you are dying, you know? So wow. it, were, it just was serendipity. It all worked out. Um yeah, it was really nice to have them. <laughs> so it like, ended up being a good in. trip. <laughs> it ended up being real lit. It was so lit. They took me under their wing. We hung out all the time after that. But I'm sure even with that re- <laughs> crazy-ass experience, I think that you are probably grateful that you experienced that to some capacity, I would say. <laughs> I'm so grateful I experienced <laughs> that. <laughs> it was am- It's like a story to tell now. It exactly. Was and, and that's the thing, honestly. And again, you experienced it on your own. You couldn't like go to somebody, yo, you saw that? Like you couldn't do that because nobody knew you. You really learned about yourself 
and what you're willing to put up with and what you're not willing to put up with. So, like, for example, you tell me that story. I know for there's no way in hell I would be doing that, staying in a treehouse with myself. But <laughs> I know myself well enough because I've so traveled to that that I don't do that kind of stuff, you know? And now that you've got through the experience, either you feel like you can do that again, <laughs> play the odds, or never do that again. So I think it's just a great way, like, to learn it by yourself. And going through shit like that really builds character, honestly. Oh, 100%. Um, but solo traveling, yes, definitely showed, showed me that I am, I'm not the type to do group trips. They seem fun, but even still, like, you gotta, like, you gotta, like, make sure everyone wants to go eat the same thing, and you gotta, like, coordinate the schedule, mm-hmm. and you gotta wait for so-and-so to get ready, and, yeah. like, everyone wants something different. Mm-hmm. However, if I'm solo, I know what I want. Mm-hmm. I want what I want, and I can go get it on my own, and not have to, like, check in with someone, or worry about so-and-so, or decide to get, like, get up at this time, or dress up. You know, like, it's just very, it's a very freeing feeling when you solo travel. It's very independent-based, um, and I think because I'm an independent person, naturally, solo travel just seems like counterintuitive. Like, duh, of course I'm going to solo travel, you know? Yeah. But even still, people like, when I do solo travel, people will see me alone and they're like, always asking interesting questions like, does your mother know you're traveling alone? <laughs> like, wait, really? Oh, hold up. How, like, how old do you think I am? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> random things like that. Like, oh my God, you're so brave. And to me, I'm like, there's nothing brave about being alone. Like nothing, there's nothing brave about that. Mm. <laughs> you so know what I mean? Have you have you said when you've have you stayed in hostels? I'm assuming you have. All the time. Okay, so let's talk about that, right? Because my biggest thing is when I started staying in hostels. Because when I, when I went to Montreal, it's funny. I also stayed at Airbnb because I knew nothing about hostels when I did my first solo trip. But once I found up, found about hostels, I'm like, oh, I can do this. I'm a sociable person, you know. And like again, I just think it was like my vibe. So in like my travels, I've encountered hostels. Obviously, I think hostels are good because I think you know. Most people that are in hostels, they're chill. They also want to be down to having a good time. You meet other solo travels. You meet groups. You meet you meet just a good mix. But, of course, as I'm sure you've noticed as well, um, you notice just that is mostly just white people. Like, speckled in yep. with maybe one or two, you know, people of color. And I was like, why is that? Why Do, like, do people of color not know about this? So what was your first experience staying in a hostel? And did that hit you hard when you were, like, one of the few black people there? Um, do you want me to like talk about hostels uh, as a solo traveler, traveler or hostels like within? Because I, I, the first time I experienced hostels when I went, was when I was living in South Korea. Um, you can do both. It doesn't matter to me. All right. Well, hostels in South Korea were just like ways to save money. Um, a lot of times it was like Koreans who were traveling throughout South Korea. Like there's a Korean who lives in Seoul, but they want to visit Daegu. So they went to Daegu. So I would see them. And I never really like, because I was in South Korea, it never like struck me like, oh my God, I'm the only black person because I'm a black person in Asia. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way in, there's no way in hell I'm going to see like more than five of us. Like, so that was fine with me. I talk about this in one of my videos, like the, the, my most recent video was talking about Czech Republic. I say that I got really excited the one time I saw a group of black, a group of black travelers in the hostel lobby, because usually that's not the way it looks. Um, yeah. Usually I am the only black woman. Um, I'm usually the only solo traveler. That's another thing. Everybody seems to travel with like uh, friends and like mm-hmm. like partners and significant others. Um, and it just sucks because I like question it and I'm, I'm thinking, do black people just not, or do black and brown people just not travel? Mm-hmm. Are we just don't have the the resources to travel, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, and they lack the access to traveling, and it just sucks because traveling is really not that expensive if you think about it. Um, mm-hmm. And when you first when you start traveling and experiencing it, you realize like there's all these like little cheat sheets and like ways uh, ways around certain things and ways to save money. Um, especially if you're not if you're not a luxury traveler, like if you are vacationing, that's another story. Yeah. But if you're just like I don't know, if you're tra- like traveling and vacationing are two different two different things to me. I so like you can be traveling and kind of be like a rustic like a rustic traveler who you know have your you have your backpack and you're just like there to like experience the culture or you can just be vacationing and like want to be at a beach and a, you know sipping margaritas that's yeah. more expensive mm-hmm. you know what i mean um and i want i want black people to like understand the difference and be equipped with like the knowledge of like how to navigate through the spaces whether that means they are rich black people, middle class black people, or black people who don't have um, that much money. I just want 
black, not even black, black and brown people just to have access to traveling because it just seems that it's a white dominated thing. And why do white people get to experience the world? Like it is, it, this world doesn't belong to them. Yeah, it it's, the, the world is for all of us. Like, exactly. And, and I think you hit on the, that point, right? Like obviously the socioeconomic status. And I think if you're thinking about like your average black and brown person, right? So if they're working their asses off for the whole year and they got a week of vacation, then the first thing I gotta think of is, hmm, let me share a four bedroom dorm. <laughs> they're gonna be like, nah, let me look for some all inclusive kind of deal, you know? So to me, it kind of like makes sense why people of color would look like the the luxury because that's what's sold to us, right? And sold to vacation, right? Oh, enjoy the beautiful blue, you know, white sand and enjoy that in Punta Cana, you know, the Dominican Republic, you know? It's not like, nah, go travel through the country. See, this is, that's not that's not what's sold to you through whatever, through the, the internet, through the deals, right? Of uh, packages. That's not what's sold to you. So I feel like we don't, one, we don't know about these things. And two, in my opinion, is not that appealing, honestly. And I think for, because we're getting talking about social economic status, White people have the privilege where they could travel more, especially talking about Europe, where it's like, oh, yeah, if I can go here in an hour, here, why would I stay in a hotel? You know, that seems exactly. kind of, that seems kind of pointless. Let me just stay here at night for 20 bucks, 20 euros, save some money, then go here and then, you know, do this luxuriously or whatever the case may be. So mm-hmm. I think they have that know-how because one, regionally, right, of like where they can go and the privilege of like, yeah, I can actually afford to do this, you know. So let's talk about, so like you said, you were in the hostel, you met these black people. Did you feel, or or talk about a moment where you felt like isolated because you didn't feel like you were of the culture wherever you were, or just like the culture of the hostel? Because I definitely had moments like that. So can you speak about any moments like that? Oh yeah, for sure. I just feel like, um, thinking back to Spain, this past summer, I stayed at a hostel in Madrid. Um, and it's a hostel I've been to before. They know me very well. I get free breakfast there sometimes. Um, <laughs> I love them. I love, like, the owner. But, I, you know, I, I sometimes, like, inadvertently isolate myself because I I notice, like, the demographic around me doesn't look like me. You know what I mean? Like, mm. even in Spain, um, I saw majority, like, Europeans, European descendants, white Americans, Australians. So... Yeah, I didn't feel like I fit that culture um, in a lot of ways because also there's, like, that age thing, too. Oftentimes, a lot of individuals who are at hostels are, like, um, in their, like, late teens, like, 18, 19, or early 20s. And I'm, like, at the point where I'm, like, you know, I'm in my later 20s and I I don't value the same things that they value. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I do feel isolated sometimes just because I don't feel like I relate to them. So I sat on my own. Um, I was being in a corner, reading a book, had my laptop open as they all like you know we're really chummy with each other you know these are people who don't even know each other you know what i mean like and i'm making those connections like right off the bat um and so in my mind i i considered like oh why is it that like within the first hour or minutes of meeting each other these people are like literally connecting so quickly Mm -hmm. um and i realized oh it's because they identify as white and they have that shared culture that i just don't fit i don't fit that um I just didn't feel like they cared to get to know me or cared to, like, you know, include me. So I just, like, disassociated myself and just, like, put myself on the side um, until this, like, these two Australians decided to sit with me. Like, it was kind of funny because I think they knew I was, like, not trying to be, like, mess with anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so they sat with me knowing that there was, like, a whole bunch of extra tables open and they, like, were talking (laughs) to me. And I really, like, I I fucked with them. And they are like, is it okay if we sit with you? Do we have to pay to sit with you? Um, Because I was telling them how, like, yeah, I was like, y'all are lucky, like, I'm talking to y'all because this whole entire time I've been here for this past week, I didn't talk to anyone. Yeah. Um, So they they were joking around and saying, like, do we have to pay to talk to you? Like, you know, just being silly. But, yeah, be like that sometimes because I just don't feel like I fit in with, um... Oh, you know, I just feel like I'm othered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I think in those moments, right, because I, like I said, I've had moments like that as well. And I don't know about yourself, but I consider myself to be like, I'm a pretty sociable person. Like, I, I could talk to mostly anybody in, in most spaces. But in those moments, because they do happen, like I said, you feel isolated because, you know, everyone found their little click, right, in those, like, first few mm-hmm. days. Or they've already been there two days. Exactly, you know, those kind of connections where you can't just force yourself into that. It kind of feels a little bit kind of like, oh, Am I really like this? You know, kind of like 
I, I think a part of us, I don't know if you would agree with this, but I feel like when I solo travel, I'm even more extroverted than I already am. Because I'm pretty extrovert to begin with, but then I feel like it's because I know I need to be. Because at the end of the day, like you said, like if I look like I don't want to talk to nobody, probably nobody's gonna talk to me. So if, if I put up that, you know, that face or like I'm on my phone, because you know, people in the hospitals are always on their phone or their laptop, you know, they they can't be bothered. But if you look kind of open, you know, you're at the communal bar or whatever, then you're more likely to like to have a conversation. And I find those moments to be like challenges for myself, like Angel. Keep putting yourself out there. Even right now, the moment doesn't look too great, right, to socialize. But still, like, you know, be, I mean, be vulnerable, right? That's basically what it is, is is asking yourself to be in a situation where it might not be the most comfortable. So do you feel like you challenge yourself in many ways besides, like, you know, obviously staying in the treehouse. But, like, in other ways, <laughs> have you, like, challenged yourself? I think naturally, like... By solo traveling, I noticed that people gravitate towards me. Mm. Um, you know, even the fact that those girls took me in, in Costa Rica, I don't think that would have happened if there was more than one of me. Mm. You know what I mean? Gotcha, gotcha. There's, a lo- there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things that I have had access to because I'm alone. Um, and even, I'm very extroverted. I'm very, like, outgoing. I've always been, like, the goofy, funny girl. Like, I'm very silly. These days, I'm more, like, just kind of chill. But, um... <laughs> It depends, like, in the moment where I want to meet people, oh, it's so easy to make friends because I'm sitting alone and I'm, I have an f- approachable face. Um, <laughs> and so, and then I also, like, go out of my way and say hi to people and I'm friendly with my roommates because if you have roommates, like, there you go. That's, like, a group of people exactly that you can already, like, right. exactly make a connection right. with. Yep, um, yep, yep. I remember, you know, like, in Italy, I had these two um, Asian roommates and they were very quiet. Like, they literally kept to themselves. As soon as I heard them speaking Korean, I could like I understood a few things, and I was like, "Oh my god, you guys are Korean!" And they're like, and I was like, "Where in Korea are you from?" And they like kind of seemed to be annoyed at first, like you know, <laughs> black girls asking me if I, I'm from South Korea or North Korea, because that's what Korean people think. They think like as yeah, soon as you ask them what part, they think you think they think you're gonna they they, they think that you're saying is it North or South? So they're like, "I'm from they're like I'm from South Korea." I'm like, "No, no, no, girl, you from Daegu, Jeonju? So, uh, are you from Seoul? Are you from Busan? Are you from?" I was naming all these cities, and they're like, "What the fuck? How the fuck do you know?" Um, <laughs> And I let them know. I was like, I lived in Jeju Island. They're like, holy shit. And I, like that, you could immediately see their body language yeah, change yeah, yeah. and shift from like heightened, afraid of this black girl to like, oh my God, we adore this black girl. Yeah. And now they're like, like, I'm so close to them. Like, we follow each other on Instagram. We're planning on meeting up in South Korea, like oh, in wow. a year or what, you know, like that's the thing. Like, you make yeah. these connections if you, one, are relatable. And two can be can be approachable, and I was alone. Whereas with them, they had each other. So for me, I had to break into that group. You know, yeah. I had to like I had to prove myself to be approachable because they already had each other. Whereas I only had myself. So like, you know, if they wanted to, if they didn't want to be my friend, they didn't have to be. You know, but they yeah. like you know brought me in and we hung out. We went out to like eat. We went out to the club. Had a blast. But yeah, yeah I think it's it's easier to meet people when you are alone. Um, it's your only option, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's your only option. you got to meet people. Yeah. So let's talk about that, right? Because I, I think, again, and the point of this is, like, I want, you know, people of color, but particular women, right? Because it's about, like, uh, female soul travel. If there was a woman, I'm sure you've spoken to many that have not done it, right? And they're like, oh, my God, this is so awesome, Marilyn. You're so cool. You know, like, what would you, like, what do you say to them to to to, to show them, like, Hey, actually, yeah, I'm cool, but like you can do this too. Like, what, what, it, what pieces of advice did you give? When I tell them, like my experiences, I think that always um, kind of breaks down the walls that they have. I share my experiences with them. I let them know, like, girl, I don't got any kung fu like skills. I don't <laughs> carry weapons. Um, you know, I, like all these things that I don't have yet. I still feel secure in traveling. Um, I tell them that people are literally more or less the same wherever you go. And so people at the core are are genuinely good. They're good. Um, we all want the same things. No one's really out there to, to snatch you up and sell you into sex, sex trafficking. But that is no reason to let your guards completely down. Like, you still have to be the same way you walk you know, walk through the United States as a woman is the same way you should walk through the, through wherever you go. Um, no, I'm like, know the customs, like know the culture, know how to dress. Like in Morocco, there are certain ways that you should and should not dress. And you should know that before you enter a country, Mm -hmm. one to keep your ass 
safe and two, just to be respectful, like basic respect to another cult culture, you know, and another community. Um, so I give that advice to women who ask me about soul traveling. Um, because, you know, a lot of the times it's all about safety. A lot of women are afraid mm -hmm. of, like, their yeah. well-being, like, their physical safety. So I got to, like, let like let them know that there's not really a lot to worry about if they are, um, you know, and it sucks because you shouldn't be blaming, like, you shouldn't be telling the victim how to protect themselves. You should be telling the perpetrator, like, not to, you know, yeah. do dumb shit. Mm -hmm. Like, but at the end of the day, I want to make sure women are armed with, like, just the information that they need to keep themselves safe. So I'm always, like... Um, just know the country. Like, in Madrid, listen, I was walking out, I was walking home alone at, like, 1 a.m. at times because I know, I knew Madrid was safe. Like, I knew that, like, crime rate was relatively low because I did the research. Mm. Would I have done that in Morocco? No. Yeah. Would I have done that in Costa Rica? I mean, I did, but I got lucky. Yeah. Uh, would I do it regular? Would I do it regularly? Probably not, you know? So, like, just know the statistics of, like, where, whether it's, like, safety or whatever it is before you travel somewhere. And always be confident. Like, um, know where you're going. I don't think looking lost is ever smart. Even in the States, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. want to look lost <laughs> in Boston. I live in Boston. I wouldn't want to look lost out here. Yeah. Um, in fact, there's times where I feel more, um, more unsafe walking home. I don't have a car anymore, but I feel so unsafe sometimes walking home from work or, like, getting off the bus in Boston than I do anywhere in the world that I've been. And that's really sad. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just think it's just more so, like, being confident in yourself, um, not talking to strangers, <laughs> and also just being okay with saying no. I remember, like, I stayed at a hostel in Costa Rica, and um, it wasn't Puerto Viejo. It was in San Jose. I was in San Jose in Costa Rica, and, like, I stayed at a hostel, and um, my three roommates were from Mexico. They were Mexican men. They were all men. I had three roommates who were dudes because it was, like, a co-ed. It was a co-ed hostel. Uh -huh. um, and even then, I still felt safe. When they asked me to, like, drink tequila with them, I said no. Um, it's okay to say no. Just say no, ladies. Yeah. Just say no. You don't have to, like... Um, try to make yourself small in order to make people feel better. You don't have to make yourself overly friendly, overly open, available, just to make other people feel com comfortable because your co their comfort is not worth your safety. Like, it's not mm -hmm. worth it to jeopardize your safety and your well-being to make a person feel comfortable because that's just, like, that's just begging for trouble. So I usually just, you know, I say no. I'm very stern with what I want. If anyone's talking to me, I kindly, like, reject, refuse, keep it pushing. Um, and, yeah, it's just, like, knowing, like, I don't know, knowing to be confident is the biggest thing. Yeah, and, and, I, and I really, that's the, that's the one part, honestly, that I harp on is that whole not looking lost. Because, obviously, me, me from New York City, that's also a huge thing as well. And the one thing that I tell, and I'm going to ask you this question in a little bit, but the one thing that I tell uh, people that are, that, like, women, that I'm like, listen, I'm like, you're from New York, right? They're most from New York. And I'm like, does anyone know when you're on the train? Does anyone know that you're not from here or from here? And they're like, no. I'm like, exactly. Most places that you go around the world, they might not know if you're actually from that place. I mean, case in point, you went to Italy, people were talking to you in Italian because there are yeah. black people that live in Italy and that are Italian. Yeah. So so if you look confident, people are like, oh, they might be from here. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's that. But again, if you're like looking around during the headlights kind of look, people are like, oh, She's not, or, she, you know, she's not from here. So possible target, right? And that goes, of course, is different for men and women as far as, like, what uh, consequences could come of that, right? But yeah. you will have consequences regardless. So let me ask you this question, because, of course, the advice that's coming from me is it sound, can sound different and look different, right? And I, don't, and I don't have the perspective of, obviously, being a woman and solo traveling. So what misconceptions do you think that men have that solo travel about women solo traveling? Hmm, misconceptions. That's a good question. I don't have to think about this one. I don't really know what misconceptions men have. I feel like men, the biggest misconception is that men will, I guess, disregard women's fears and think that soul traveling is easy. All you got to do is just do it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not necessarily easy um, for women to do, to like up and like, go somewhere alone because a lot of things that stop you from doing like anything is fear. Like fear is like a crippling factor. Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of women are genuinely afraid of their well being and safety. Um, 
another misconception, I feel like men think that, oh, if you have a male partner with you, you're automatically safer. That's also not necessarily true. I mean, I, even in, in Morocco, I went with my little brother and still had men, like, catcalling me. Um, or even, like, saying, like, disrespectful things to both myself and my little brother. You know, he's tall, he, like, he's a tall, he's, like, probably six foot, I forget how tall he is, but he's taller than me, you know, black dude. Um, and, and, like, lo and behold, men in Morocco didn't give a fuck. You know, they didn't give a crap. Yeah. Um, so that's another misconception I think men will have like, oh, just take, just take a guy with you on your trip. Yes, I think it can minimize, I, it minimizes the level of um, fear and like, um, I, I guess it like decreases the likelihood of you either getting assaulted or robbed, mm -hmm. but it could still happen if you yourself are not mindful, watchful, and just careful. Um, so that's another, I think that's, those are the two big mis misconceptions I feel like men might have. Other than that, I haven't really um, encountered other misconceptions that men have in terms of women solo traveling. If I think of any more, I'll bring them up. Yeah. Did, you, did you know of any, Angel? Um, honestly, I think, because again, I, and I'm trying to like reflect on my own like advice, right? Of like saying, oh, it, it's it's not, but I think I, I come across as, like you said, oh, it's easy. You know, I can do it, so so can you. And I think that could probably be, I'm not thinking about some of the, like I said, some of the real fears, right? Like sexual assault and all these, like just and just, just getting robbed, right? Because if a, if I'm walking around and I'm a dude and there's a guy, let's just say a guy, right? That, that sees me, he's going to probably think this might be a little bit harder to rob than to say there was a woman, right? Like he might fight me back, right? Versus, oh, if I rob a woman, she probably might call for help, you know, whatever. Like some just stereotypes, right? Of like what might go through a perpetrator's mind when it comes to like, you know, robbing or, or assaulting someone, right? Versus a man versus a woman. So I think mm -hmm. those are probably uh, the things that I might like overlook too easily. And as far as like real fears, like you said, that women have when it comes to soul travel. So now let's talk about this this uh, this subject because I, I just thought about this as you were talking. In your experience, do you think that white women look at soul traveling differently than black women? Or do you think... It's mostly just a gender thing, or you think it's both. What do you What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I've had many. Oh, listen, I've had many moments while I was solo traveling, and I thought to myself, "Thank God, I'm not only am I black, but I'm dark skinned So I'm like, "Oh, thank God, I'm dark skinned and black. Nobody messes with me." But then again, I have not lived this. I haven't lived through this earth and through this world as a light skinned black woman. I've never walked through this world as a white woman or a light-skinned, like, Latinx person. I, I don't know. But in my mind, I feel like because I'm a black woman and a dark-skinned black woman, there are stereotypes that go along with me. Mm. One being that I'm hyper-masculine or, like, whatever it is. But as terrible as that is, maybe it's working in my favor. You know, mm. maybe people don't want to fuck with me because of that. Mm. You know what I mean? Or I'm aggressive. Like, mm -hmm. that's another thing. That's another stereotype that is widely known about black women. Of course, it's inaccurate as are most, or like I would like to say all stereotypes are, you know, incomplete. They're not the complete story yeah. of a person, but those stereotypes sometimes can uh, elevate some, you know, while degrading others. And I think for me, like as a dark-skinned black woman, I feel like it helps to elevate me as someone who is not to mess around with when she's alone or traveling because maybe she's aggressive. Um, and I think to myself, like, even with my Asian friends who are, like, literally um, in Italy, the two Asian girls, the two Korean girls I met, they're literally, like, traveling together. They were so scared to go anywhere. They were, like, <laughs> literally at one point they said to me, thank God we have you. Nobody's going to mess with us with you here. And I'm like, wow. what? Wow. Really? All right, I bet. <laughs> So even those little things, like they don't know, they didn't notice that they said that. Of I don't think they realized that they said it. Of course, I'm picking up on it. I pick up on all microaggressions, <laughs> all of those things. Um, yeah. But yeah, and that that was the moment. Not only that moment, but I just started reflecting and thinking. It's super easy for me to travel alone, and I'll continue doing it because no one's gonna mess with me as a dark, a dark skinned black American girl. And in fact, no one really knows I'm American because of the confidence level that I have. Mm. Um, and it's hard to tell until I open my mouth, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Even in Madrid, I feel like I blended in so well. Nobody messed with me. <laughs> I saw them messing with other people who were Spanish. They didn't mess <laughs> with me. It's crazy. Listen, I'm, I can't make this stuff up. It's so crazy. No, but, uh, um, so I do, I think white women are probably more nervous um, 
because I, I do think there's a higher bounty on their head in terms of like when they're traveling uh-huh. i feel like they're more likely to be uh trafficked especially if they're blonde if they have blonde hair mm-hmm. and those like you know those characteristics of like a typical white girl you know white american girl yeah. um they're more likely to get catcalled and all those things because of the media portraying them as these like innocent docile like femmes who are coveted and like the ideal beauty image and whereas for me i've been at the bottom of the barrel for so long that mm-hmm. nobody gives a fuck and and to your <laughs> point like i i just thought of as, as you were talking like like italy for example like they might just think that you're like a north african immigrant or something or like you know because they have immigration so like oh she just might be an immigrant so you said your status yeah. is lowered immediately if you're looked at as like being an immigrant right versus like oh you know who is this like i said blonde blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white woman visiting my country or whatever, right? So I think it's a very, like you said, sad thing that because of the, that you're dark skinned black woman, it's like, oh, you know, whatever. Let's not talk to her or like, let's not fuck with her. But so therefore your value is lowered, but it might work in your favor as far as your safety. And that's like, it's like a mind fuck. Like, I feel like it has to be a mind, I don't know. You, <laughs> you, like it has to be a mind fucking a little bit for you, no? It really is. It's hilarious. It's, it's hilarious, but listen, it's, and it's crazy, it's interesting, like, a lot of things, uh, you know, it's like a paradox. A lot of things in this world are very interesting. Um, I don't know, like, I'm one person. Of course, I can, like, fight against the system. But it's also, like, it's going to take a lot more than me yeah. to to challenge the system and to, like, restructure it. Because this is how people think. And it's, like, colorism, racism, discrimination is a global phenomenon. It goes past the United States of America. Um, but, yeah, like, literally, you, I know this. I know this stuff. And it, even if it's not said to me in plain black and white, you know, and it's not super overt, it's the subtleties and it's, like, the undertones. And it's, like, when as soon as I speak English, the treatment of uh, the treatment of me is completely changed. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I remember somebody bumped into my me and one of my friends, um, and looked at us all crazy. And then I, we started speaking English, and they're like, "Oh, you're you're American? Hi!" I'm like, "Bitch!" Like, you just bumped into me thinking that. Wait, where you thought I was from? You thought I was from um, some like you know like you thought I was a migrant? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, on yeah. vacation. I'm balling out here. It's just very. <laughs> It's so fascinating. And even, you know, because even as a dark-skinned black woman, mm-hmm. as soon as I speak English, American English, I then have more status and I then have privilege. Thank you God. know, it's very, it's mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just glad you mentioned that note because that's literally, and I people might be tired of me saying this, but this has been the theme of most of black people that I've spoken to that are living abroad is the theme of that privilege and that status increase that comes when you pull out that blue passport or you speak that American English, right? And it those privileges that you might not you don't receive back home, you're receiving them elsewhere. And it really is kind of crazy. It, it it really is. And I think like you said, is a is a, a systemic uh issue, right? That why is that people of color don't feel these privileges back at home where they were born and raised, right, for the most part, but they see them in other ways and they they are they um they blossom in other ways in other countries when they live abroad or you just said traveling abroad, and I think you said it is a, it is a phenomenon and it is wild right it is wild and crazy that that's the way kind of things are, but um let's end this I think that's been positive but let's end it on a really positive note. <laughs> what is what has <laughs> what has been your most amazing moment that you had when you were travel when you were traveling abroad? Where you said you know what. This right here is why I do this. What was that moment? Oh my god! As soon as you said that, I really, I, I literally zoomed in on a, a moment in particular. Living in South Korea was the best decision I have ever made for myself. Um, I lived there for a year and a half on an island, which I was so sad when I got placed there, but it ended up being a blessing. Um, living on Jeju Island exposed me to so much to like just a healthier lifestyle. And it's carried over to like my day-to-day now in America. I think because I lived in South Korea and I lived on Jeju, I ate better. I worked out, you know, even without realizing I was working out, I was working out. I was hiking all the time. I hiked mm-hmm. the tallest mountain in South Korea. Um, mm-hmm. But one moment that reminds me of why I love traveling is just, Climbing over this like waterfall, like like hole. It was like a a cave, like a secret hidden cave, uh, where there's like a waterfall, and swimming in that cave until we reached the end, and it was like this beautiful, gigantic, like 
massive waterfall that was feeding into the other like smaller waterfalls and just swimming in there with my friends and it was like fresh water so it was like you know I die I was diving in and like you know you get that taste of water in your mouth every time you swim mm-hmm. and it was like this fresh crystal clear like ice cold water it just felt it was just beautiful and just sitting there and like realizing that I am alive like it was like this existential it wasn't a crisis it was like this existential <laughs> moment you know where I was yeah. like damn I'm alive and to be alive means I'm beautiful and like this everything about this world is beautiful um and it just it was it was just I just can't wait to go back and share that um secret little water waterfall area with my fiance and hopefully one day my kids mm. because I do feel like South Korea has become like a third home to me um and I just don't feel like nationality or your look makes a country your home. I just feel like home can be anywhere you want it to be. And I feel like South Korea belongs to me just as much as it belongs to Asians and South Koreans. And I know they're going to be upset, but no, I said it. <laughs> I said what I said. I said it. I said it, Johannesburg. I said, I said that shit. <laughs> with Marilyn um and in case you didn't get that reference um when I said I said that shit in Johannesburg I said it that's from uh Chris Rock's uh Kill the Messenger his uh his stand-up special which is one of my favorites oh yeah just giving you some reference for those that probably might have missed it (laughs) but yeah I enjoy uh speaking to Marilyn as you can see again uh it was an interesting theme actually uh when she said that she felt like she has some privilege when it comes to being a black woman abroad because she's viewed as being uh, hyper-masculine and, you know, quote-unquote, you know, scary and aggressive, right? These stereotypes that are, that we ha- that people have of black women. And that works in her favor because people don't mess with her. But um, it was definitely... But it was also good to see how empowered she feels and just is naturally when it comes to being in a place that, that she doesn't know. And again, having that confidence. I think confidence is such a huge thing when it comes to traveling, but especially... <laughs> When it comes to solo traveling, I think you get, you need to walk around like you know where you're going. And I think that's very apparent in just the conversation and talking. She seems like a very confident person and it, and, it, and it works for her, right, as far as when it comes to traveling and, and doing all these other things. But yeah, it was just great hearing her story and just, um, yeah, I'm glad I got that in. Uh, so next week, I don't know who I'm going to have on. <laughs> Again, we'll see. I'm considering doing a solo episode, though, on uh, Three Months in Costa Rica. I'm undecided, though, if I want to do that, uh, you know, to give you guys an update of what's happening and, you know, how life is faring here. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Uh, by the way, congratulations to um, the person that won the giveaway at um, How About No. That was her Instagram handle. I'm blanking her name right now, but she won the giveaway. So, hope you enjoy that book. Uh, and thank you for everyone that participated. I had a good time doing that. Might do that again when I reach 2,000 plays. But, yeah, uh, have a good one. This is In Living Color. Abroad. Peace.